Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's out in the night out. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657 383 1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. What is up, Russia Talk Podcast family? How the heck are you doing? It's been a long two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, but that's okay. The Russia Talk Podcast is here, baby, and we are ready to rock and roll once again. My goodness, we got a lot of changes going on this week, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's episode is titled Let Us In, and why? Because we want you to let us in. This is like the Buddy Shepherd thing, where let Buddy in. That's right, let Buddy in. That's the greatest thing ever is let Buddy in. We got a great, great show for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We have a great show. We got the high spot segment, the shooting shot segment, the wrestling talk podcast game show challenge, the fantasy wrestling segment. We got if that's not enough for you, we we've got a guy that I know is Big T, but his real name is, is Anthony Regulia. He's gonna be coming on. We got Vance Nevada coming on. You never know. You never know who's going to come on to the podcast. Maybe the other guys from the podcast are going to come on. You never know, but I know who is here. I know who is here. Uh, Paul Kohaj, if you could please hit that uh, Mexican yell for us and and bring in the man, the myth, the legend, the night owl. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? And, you know, I must say, tonight is a very, very, very important night. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is election night. Hopefully you all voted. I don't care who you voted for, whether it was Donald Trump, whether it was Joe Biden, whether it was Joe Jorgensen. As long as you got out and you exercised your right to vote, that's all that matters. Oh, Joe, you're you're absolutely right, bro. That is all that matters, and let me tell you, bro, it wouldn't be a Wrestle Talk podcast unless I started it like this. Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, loyal members of the Wrestle Talk family. Let me tell you, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on, Joe, 
And I've been eager, yeah. man. I've been anxious to get back on the airwaves and talk some wrestling with all the political nonsense that's been going on from both sides. Yeah. I think it's time yeah. to get back to something that doesn't separate us, but something that unites us, bro. And do we Bring have together? Do dude, oh my gosh. We have so much to cover, bro. I am super duper excited about tonight's show, bro. Yeah. I am really. I mean it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great, a great, great, great show. Well, you know, before we do the the Ten Bell salute, uh, the uh, uh, the Carl Lewis, there was one thing that we need to do, and it's something that we always hate to do, ladies and gentlemen. But one of the Wrestle Talk podcast family members passed away. The late great Tracy Smothers just. What, a couple of days ago, right? Man. Yep. We've had Tracy's mother's on the show not once, but twice. The second time, he called us from the hospital. Like, Tracy's mother's was the legit dude. And, dude, there will never be another Tracy's mother's. Even everybody would have to admit that. Well, Joe, here's the craziest thing of it all. Like, I know that in many instances, uh, people have come to me asking for advice. Uh, and they'll say, hey, Night Owl, you know, I, I support this wrestler. I've been following this wrestler for a long time. And it looks like they need my help, but I feel a little bit uneasy about, like, you know, donating money, donating money, whether it's, like, via GoFundMe or whatever. People are always really apprehensive because – I can't help but feel that, you know, in any industry, in pro wrestling included, of course, that there's always people that take advantage of other people's generosity, Joe. And, um, you know, when it, whether it's Tracy Smothers or the guy that, that came off of the, the second rope, uh, we all saw that video, right? A uh, bigger guy came off the second rope and completely, like, fractured his leg at the knee. Oh, man, like they freaking, keep showing that. Oh, I hate it. I oh, hate I know, it. Right? <laughs> Bro, it's bad, bro. It's so bad. But here's the thing, Joe. Like, people, rightfully so, are apprehensive about giving money, right? People uh-huh. are not sure if they can trust that the money's going to go to where it belongs. And, and I can't imagine that even with Tracy being sick and, you know, people wonder, right? Well, I guess now, unfortunately, there is no doubt because the man is no longer with us. And uh, and you know what, bro? It just absolutely breaks my heart. I- I'm thinking you wanted to go into the ten bell salute, right? Is that what we're gonna do? We're gonna ask everybody to to remove their caps for that because I think it's only yeah, appropriate. I mean, joke. I mean, how can we not do the ten bell salute? Like it's Tracy Freakin's mother's. Like I agree. We have to do. It. Like he's been on the show twice. He's he's an awesome, awesome guy. So hardcore Haas, if you could do us a favor, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just remove your hats and. Uh, Please bear with us as, as we do a 10-bell salute to the late, great Tracy Smothers.
that's uh that's really tough, Joe. That that really is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, uh, for those of you that are tuning in via the Facebook live feed, we love you. Thank you. Please share this broadcast. Let's talk some wrestling. Uh, with all that being said, guys, we're going to bring back the, the energy and the spirit, that Tracy Smothers fighting spirit, that Southern boy fighting spirit. And we're once again going to ask you to remove your caps. But this time, because it is election day, this takes a very special place in my heart, Joe, because coming from a country of oppression to live in the the freest country in the world. It's always an honor for me to remove my cap and salute the flag. So, ladies and gentlemen, like we always do about this time, please, everybody, remove your caps. Place your hands over your heart as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. And that's America, damn it. Oh, Yeah, there it is. That's a repressed man. 
just, just, just again, how beautiful is that song? God, God, that costs Dude, some money. You got the best intro. Blake, song I miss you, buddy. Right. How you been? Oh, Joe, I am hanging in there making money and kissing women. How are you doing? Man, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, the show went from from 20 viewers to as soon as you came on, we got like 30,000 viewers. Like, it, it's amazing. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, Renee kind of half-assed my introduction, so we aren't going to talk about that too much. But, you know, <laughs> it, let's be honest here, Renee. Thoroughbred of lust, the the flagship of the Russell Talk podcast, and I am just so excited to be on. And I apologize for my tardiness, um, you know, the last uh, roundtable discussion. I actually uh, was on the golf course, and, and my assistant got something wrong, so apologize for that. See, even the stories it's are lining right. up. According to your assistant, <laughs> you had another a previous engagement – and that engagement was way more attractive than any of us for. That's in the information that we got. So clearly oh. your people are crossing up your lies, frankly. No, 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 no. This one's true. So it, they just gave you a little, little taste of, of what it was. It, it was a very, it was a much more attractive engagement because I had liquor, golf balls, clubs, expensive ones, golf cart, caddy, check, and it wasn't Chris Rodell this time. And then afterwards. That's when I had the most beautiful, you know, that's when I had the real obligation. Oh, I see. All right, well, listen, let's go ahead and try to get along here because we've got a lot of pro wrestling to discuss, and we are going to be getting into the high spot segment. But before we get there, allow me first to thank our friends in Missouri, in the beautiful state of Georgia, in the wonderful state of Louisiana, in the beautiful state of Kansas, in the beautiful state of Missouri, in the lovely state of Virginia, in the lovely state of West Virginia, that are all watching the Wrestle Talk podcast right now. How exciting it is to have all you guys here. Thank you. We love you. Uh, Susie, uh, Isaiah, Aaron, Nick, there's a bunch of other you guys that I can't see your messages right now. Salute to you guys. Thank you for being here. We would be nowhere without you. We would be nowhere without uh, Interstate 70 Sports Media, the Jeremy Carps Company. They do a great job of covering sports from Kansas City to St. Louis and everything around that area as well. Huge shout-out, of course, to B-Will over at Sports, hosting all of our pro wrestling watch parties. Royal Mills Transportation, the founder of the FWWC and my partner in crime, Juan Mills. Love you, bro. Shout-out to uh, Jay Hollywood, of course, of It's Me Speaking to You. He's got a new podcast getting ready to drop. Make sure you go over and check out Jay Hollywood and tell him that the boys over at the WTP sent you. And last but not least, the mega-huge congratulations to my man, DBD, well-known rap artist from the Pines, uh, North Carolina, now residing in Kansas City, recently opened his second business, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, JP, do we have a round of applause for a man not opening one business but opening two? Do we have a cheer or an applause? I think DVD and the guys over at King Kate Arcade deserve a round of applause. JP, let me get a, let me get a clap, bro. I need that. I need it right now. Shout out 
the King KKC at the Oak Park Mall and Retro Zone for being ongoing loyal sponsors of the Wrestle Talk podcast featuring Drake Lee, Nightmare Jones, Jeremy Carp, who's getting ready to join us here in a couple of seconds, and yours truly, the Night Out. We're going to bring Jeremy Carp after the music hits, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the high spot segment. JP, you know what to do, Daddy. Hit the music. <laughs> time for the high spot segment and we can't have the high spot segment unless we bring in the other co-host of the Wrestle Talk podcast, the one and only Jeremy Carp. What is going on, sir? Welcome, sir. What is up, everybody? How are we doing tonight? We got all well, four all, of us here. We got the Nightmare Jones. We got the Night Owl. We got Drake Lee and we also got Jeremy Carp. What a show! Already, <laughs> new era of of Russell talk. Can't you guys smell it in the air? Not what The Rock was it's cooking, but you know something better. What Drake Lee's I'm cooking? Telling <laughs> I'm telling you, well, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and kick off this uh, shooting shouts, not the uh, high spot segment. Um, so, what I want to bring to the table, and if there's anybody that wants to call in. We'd love to hear from you, 657-383-1521. That's 657-383-1521. And um, what I wanted to talk about is something that has happened in AEW Dynamite once again, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we all know that AEW had a, 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 a match with Matt Hardy where he was knocked unconscious and the match continued when it probably should have stopped well. A couple of weeks ago, it happened once again. Um, Alex Reynolds from the Dark Order, he was in a, I believe it was a, uh, a it, was, it was a big tag team match. It, it was the Dark Order against Private Party, against the Young Bucks, against the Butcher and the Blade. And Alex took a, a move from the private party where they do, one of them does a, a splash off of the top rope, and at the same time, the other one does a leg drop off of the, the top rope, and the leg drop connected right on his head and knocked him unconscious. And the issue is, is that nobody checked on him. The referee didn't check on him. None of the other wrestlers checked on him. They just dragged him to the corner and had to tag in, and, like, he legit woke back up, and they continued to let him wrestle in this match. Like, as a referee, that should have never happened. As soon as he was unconscious in the ring, and you knew that it wasn't a, you know, somebody selling, you knew that he was legit unconscious because his legs were crossed, his hands were up in, in the air, he wasn't moving, and it's just the match should have stopped. But they continued doing it. And this is the second time that AEW has done that. Um, so I guess my question to you guys is, do you feel that AEW uh, treated that the the wrong way? 
once again. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you go first, bro? Well, you know, it's interesting because we've talked, we've had these things in the past with, and Joe, you and I have actually talked about mm-hmm. um, in AEW um, what's happened to whenever there was an incident, like remember with Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara, and he got knocked unconscious, and. Mm-hmm. There was a big controversy surrounding whether they should have stopped that match. And for a while it was, you know, stopped, but they let Matt Hardy continue. And you and I went on the show. We talked all about how much controversy, especially, you know, how Matt Hardy's wife is on social media. And she really <laughs> lashed out at AEW about no, that. No. <laughs> so, yeah, we all know, and I'm praying to the good Lord above that she doesn't come at me <laughs> for saying that. But, I mean,. I think AEW is in the phase where they're trying to be a different brand of wrestling. So, like, what they're going to do is try to push the envelope more. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, but these guys will go through this. They can do this while other companies won't. But, honestly, I don't think it was is appropriate, like, how it was handled. Because it doesn't matter what promotion you wrestle for. doesn't matter what country you wrestle in. When it comes down to it, wrestlers are all human beings, and they all can they can only handle so much, and they're putting their bodies on the line all the time. So, I think AEW still has work to do when it comes to when their officials and handling situations like botched moves or when wrestlers get knocked unconscious in situations that you know what like one of those it wasn't supposed to happen moments. So I think that's something mm-hmm. that they do got to work on going forward. I want your guys' thoughts on that. Well, I'll jump in and go next. Um, and, and I do want to say that after this question, I do believe that we have a little bit of a debate set up, Joe, uh, that we're going to get into. And it's going to believe, but it's going to be moderated by Drake Lee and by Jeremy. So Jeremy will be moderating uh, for me, and Drake will be moderating for you. Hopefully the questions are fair and unbiased, unlike what I've seen from other debates, and I'll just leave it at that. But here's my response. The accountability that I've seen with AEW is little to none. This situation with Matt Hardy that was the talk of professional wrestling for weeks, guess what? The rivalry between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara is still going. Matt Hardy never took any extended period of time off after that concussion. You guys know that he was right back in the ring wrestling less than two weeks later? I'm starting to wonder that at some point, all this living on the edge, shout out to Aerosmith, isn't going to end up costing AEW and putting in some sort of predicament like a lawsuit. I'm very concerned. What do you think about this, Drake? Well, here's what I got to say about this, because I know everyone's been waiting for me to respond. I know I, I just got a bunch of instant messages into my fan account about this. End of the day. Renee, got a question for you. And Jeremy and, and Joe, you guys can answer this too if you want. Is Matt Hardy a grown man? Well, yeah. I would say so. Yes, he's he married. Is. He has children. Yes, I would say so. Good. I mean, he's a lot older than I am. And he doesn't look as good, quite frankly. But he, he, So he's older. He, he can make his own decision. He's been doing this for how damn long. He should know by at his age, okay, 
that there are certain things that he cannot be doing anymore. He's already done too much of it as it is. So even though his wife likes to blame people, and listen, I think it's great. I think it's cute. She stands up for him, and, and I respect that. I, you know, I really do. But at the end of the day, Renee, come on now. The guy's a grown man who's responsible for his own decision. It's like back in the old days and still like it is now. If someone asks you to do something you don't want to do, guess what you tell them? You tell them, hell no. But they want to do it. So if that's what they're going to do, they're going to do it. But I, I, this, is, this isn't ballerina, okay? This isn't, this isn't karaoke night. This is people that are risking their lives and used to all the time. And just because we got so sterile with WWE and Disney running the show, it, you know, it doesn't make it acceptable for other companies to kind of hold back on what they can offer everybody and the consumers. Because even though we like to ignore the fact that we went from wrestling being viewed tens of millions of times potentially you know, every Monday and you know, Thursday, or whenever the days were, now we're down to a million on a Wednesday. And even though they say, well, TV's going down in viewership, that's true, but we aren't going down in social media streams, and we're actually producing higher you know, streaming rates at that rate, but we still aren't seeing the numbers that we used to have in the business. So I understand that we got to be safe, but we also got to keep our fans engaged and realize that a lot of the times, even in both shows and every show, the fan kind of knows what's going to happen nine times out of ten or has an idea, and it's because they don't take risks anymore. So that's what I have to say about that. Okay. okay. Well, my, hey, my counter- Go ahead, Joe. What do you got yeah. on that? Yep. But my my counter would would be, you know, if somebody gets unconscious, at that point they're not able to think correctly for themselves because in any sport whatsoever, if you begin unconscious, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, you're out. Like you, you are taken out. If if you get knocked out in a football game, you're done for the rest of of the uh, game. And the reason why is because concussions and being knocked out can cause to what is called CTE, and that's exactly what happened to Chris Benoit. So I could say Chris Benoit was an adult as well, and he knew what was gonna, you know, he knew the risk as well. And how did that work out for him? Can, can I respond to that? Well, or are we moving on? I, I, I can do both. I, I didn't know if I get a I get a thirty second input well, on this. Here's the thing. Let's let's uh, let, let, let's catch our breath here for a moment and do this, okay? Because I, I I think that there's a ton more discussion that we can have, and I'm thinking that our little debate may have to wait until the beginning of the next hour <laughs> because we are getting ready to bring on. Uh, the owner of Part of the Hustle Clothing, Anthony Big T Begulia. So what? Let me check here. Let, let me check here real quick to make sure that he's queued up and ready to go. It looks like we're still waiting for him. So with that said, Drake, go ahead as I keep an eye on the uh, phone lines here, and I'll let you guys know as soon as Big T joins us. So I, I can go ahead with 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 my question or my response. Please, yes, please, please, please. For the debate or for my for the high spot segment with, with regarding uh, with regarding topic, right? we were we were talking about okay. yeah no just making sure so yeah so Joe you're right no, no totally right and this is why I like you more than I like Renee but I you know we're all a team now so we're all getting along and having a good time but exactly. you know at the end of the day this is a uh, you know <laughs> this isn't football this has never been a sport uh, you know like everyone every other sport and unfortunately there are injuries. 
and there are injuries like every other sport. Um, but, but like other sports, athletes have to take those risks into consideration. And unfortunately, Matt Hardy knows at this point what CTE is and what brain injuries can do to people, and he chooses to put himself in those situations. I don't think it's smart, but I do think that, you know, there, there's a lot of people that blame companies instead of blaming the actual, you know, the actual talent, the actual wrestler. And mm-hmm. that's more where I take issue because there's no way in my mind they're going to just tell Matt Hardy, hey, <laughs> tonight you're going to jump off that 20-foot table and you're going to go – or scaffold and go through that table. Perfect. Onto the concrete, no, okay. no padding. This is Matt Hardy's decision. And just like everyone else's decision, all these athletes have a choice. And it's, it's, it's not the way it used to be. So it's, it's to the point now where, yeah, it's dangerous. But they signed up for this. This is what they watched growing oh. up. They sure as hell didn't watch what we watched, you know, what I watched, which was Disney Plus, you know, in a ring. So it, it's, it's one of those things where I get it, and I respect everyone's opinion on it, believe it or not. But it just I, I just I'm pulling this way for it tonight. That, that that that's totally fine. But you know, my my question is is this, you know, and and you know, I'm I'm gonna gonna drive it at this because you know, it, it's not about Matt Hardy right now because right now we're we're talking about uh, the uh, uh, Alex Reynolds, but he was knocked unconscious during the match, and the referee didn't even check on him to see if he was okay. Like the match right. continued right. while he was laid out. In the middle of the ring, without anybody checking in on him at all, like right. you know that that's what where, where 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 I'm at. And as a referee, that's like like one of my pet peeves. You know, when I see that, I'm like, you know, the referee should have been doing his job and should have at least checked on the guy and made sure he was was okay. That's what I was saying. Oh yeah, no, I totally get that. Totally understand that. I mean, well, that, here's what I want to chime in. in. Uh, just, just real quick. Here's what I, I want to chime in real quick. Um, so, I, I think that the the topic itself, I think, is a great one, and, and I just want to put my button on it, and then I'll let you close out the topic so we can welcome in Big T, who should be ready to go in just a second, uh, Jeremy. But yes, Drake, you're right. The the accountability lies on the superstar, especially when you're talking about a future Hall of Famer. He should know when enough is enough. No question. But let's separate that from the incident that we're actually discussing right now. Alex Reynolds is yet another victim of the negligence of AEW. And we do business with AEW. We, we have contacts within AEW, but we have to call a spade a spade. Within one year's time, we've seen at least, at least two incidences where you question the official's ability to determine whether a match needs to be stopped or somebody requires medical attention. Matt Hardy went back to action within a minute and a half of being off the camera. There's no way that he went under a proper evaluation similar to what they do in other sports. With Alex Reynolds, how could he have, have laid there for an extended period of time without being checked on, right, um, which is what the official's primary obje- uh, objective should be to always keep the superstar safe. All I guess I'm saying is, is that they're continuing to show a pattern of negligence, and I think it's not that they don't care. It's that they're very inexperienced. As much as we hate the scripted nature of WWE, they're very good at being where they're supposed to be at the time that they're supposed to be there because they've had 30, 40 years to perfect it. AEW is very much still a toddler in the entertainment world. 
okay? And we're going to see things like that. I just hope somebody doesn't die in the process or they don't get sued to death in the process because no matter how you slice this piece of bread, what we saw with Alice Reynolds was absolutely unacceptable, and many would say that it's absolutely it, – there's, there's negligence there, and it's hard to argue otherwise. Jeremy, why don't you uh, close us out with your final thoughts on this topic? Okay, so on this one I have to go with Renee because, you know, this is the thing. This isn't – if this was like a one-time I, – I do agree actually on both sides because, all right, Drake brings up the great point in the sense that, yeah, Matt Hardy has been doing this for almost 30 years now. At some point, you got to say to yourself, look, I, need, I know what risk I am taking by doing this dangerous move. Yeah, botches happen. Yeah, accidents happen. But by setting myself up in that position, I am acknowledging that said botch or accident can happen. On the flip side, you take into account, yeah, AEW, just because they're a young promotion, they have established themselves as not only a major promotion, but as a dominant promotion, one that constantly wins these weekly ratings, ones that boast themselves on bringing in talent worldwide, bringing in all these experienced wrestlers, all these experienced officials. So, yeah, Renee's right that, look, we have to hold them to a higher standard in the sense that, look, just because they're new doesn't mean they're full of rookies. They are, they are a very filled, uh, experienced roster, both on the wrestling level and on the officials and executive level. And I think they do. They need to be, um, I guess, held accountable is probably the best way I could look at it as well. As should Matt Hardy. So I'm kind of, at this point, kind of the middleman on all this because I do believe it's a double-edged sword. No, no, no doubt about it. Well, guys, that was a lively, lively, lively um, uh, conversation there pertaining to so a very sensitive topic because, guys, we all know that what we want is for the, the guys that entertain us, the guys and girls that entertain us, to make it home safe to their families. And, and so I appreciate you bringing that up, Joe. That was a great topic. Well, you know what? We're about to kick into high gear right now, though, because it is time for our first featured guest of the evening, I don't know if we have any music queued up, but maybe JP can find something for good old Big T the Paisan, the uh, CEO, owner, and founder of Heart of the Hustle Clothing, also a major big-time wrestling fan. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about all things pertaining pro wrestling and his, uh, his entire company. Uh, I'm excited because this is a long time coming. So, JP, if you got something funky, why don't you go ahead and drop it as we welcome in and Antonio... gentlemen what's up what is the deal can y'all hear me yes sir loud and clear what's up what's going on with you gentlemen tonight first and foremost it's a pleasure to be on the show huge fan i always tune in when i can as much as i can and share it 
But lately things have been crazy for Big T and Heart of the Hustle, but it's an honor to be here. It's a very long time overcoming, and let's start the show off with ownership. That's what I want to preach to you all tonight, ownership, assets over liability. I think we're going to learn something here tonight. Jonesy, make sure you got your thinking cap on. I think we're going to get a lot of great information from Big T, the the Paisan. i got a couple of of strong, uh, maybe even difficult questions for Big T. uh, But, Joe, I know you've got a couple of your own, so why don't you go ahead and uh, lead off this uh, first featured interview of the evening. Sure, sure. You know, um, so – as as we know, you know, you are the creator of the Heart of the Hustle uh, brand. Uh, what exactly is the Heart of the Hustle, and how did you start it? Well, basically, let's do, do a little backtracking. At one time, Big T used to do music. I was a hip-hop artist. I went by the name of Young Anthemaniac. Uh, had a nice little following in my area, which was Kansas City. I fell out of love with music. I've always had for uh, fashion, so... I was like, let's just start this clothing brand and see what it does. Basically, Heart of the Hustle clothing represents the struggle, overcoming the oppression and the hard times, giving up. Okay. Love it. Absolutely. Um, so you're, you're, you're obviously a, a huge wrestling fan. Uh, who were some of your influences uh, in the professional wrestling business? Well, um, let's take it back to – tag team wrestling, because everybody knows I'm a tag team wrestling fanatic. I'd have to mm-hmm. say the Legion of Doom early years was my huge favorite. I love the music. It gets me pumped up. The shoulder pads, just two bad ass dudes from Minnesota and Chicago <laughs> just going out okay. there and going wild. And then okay. we have to kick it up a notch. I'd have to say Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Ultimate Warrior, even though he's a steroid freak. Um, Let's see, uh, Bruiser Brody was one of my dad's favorite wrestlers ever. I think he was greater nice. than Ric Flair. That's just my opinion. And then we have to go Stone Cold Steve Austin and Owen Hart. Okay. Those are some nice really, list, really good, good, those are some really, really good, good picks. Um, so my last question before I throw it to Renee, you know, you said that, you know, you were a Road Warriors fan. But I don't know if, if you knew this, but, uh, there's whoa, whoa, Joe, 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 wait, 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 Joe, Joe, what? I know where you're going, I know where you're going with it, and I want to yeah. try something, if you guys are cool with it, I know you, I, I know you, I know you guys know tonight is election night, JP, we're actually going to give the listeners a little bit of a preview of the debate that's coming up in the second hour, we're going to kind of merge it with the FWWC segment, it'll be, it'll be great, trust me, but, because we have Big T on the line, and he just said he loves the Road Warriors, let's go ahead and, and, and do a little bit of a test question for yes. our in our debate format. So, JP, do me a favor and hit that music. I will be the moderator. I'll ask the question, and then we'll let Joe and Anthony respond. How do you guys think? What do you guys think about that? Is that cool? I love it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, JP, you know what to do, baby. Drop that music. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever Wrestle Talk debate in tonight's contest. 
yes, we will have WrestleTalk's very own Nightmare Jones. And in the other corner, at the other podium, the founder, the creator, the brains behind the brand, the one and only Anthony Begulia of Heart of the Hustle. And here is the first topic up for debate. Our guests will go first. Recently, Anthony, the Insane Clown Posse paid tribute to the Road Warriors at Hollow Wicked in a virtual concert. Would you care to comment your thoughts about this tribute? Anthony, Absolutely. you go ahead and go first. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I seen it the other day pop up on my uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter feed and was obviously pumped up. I can't I know I can't tell you which one was actually Road Warrior Animal. I think it was uh Violent J. was Violent J the fat one? Yeah. Violent J. Yeah, Violent yeah. Was Violent J the fat <laughs> one? No, hey, hey, listen, listen. Either way, them guys pulled that off all the way. I was like, Oh shit, that's Animal and Hawk right there. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. But I I'm gonna be honest, I really wasn't a huge insane clown posse fan growing up because you know, of course, I used, I used to listen to Eminem all the time, so I thought the joke was funny when he used to say what he said. But overall, after growing up, <laughs> getting older in my years, them dudes make good music. You know what I'm saying? It ain't always about the genre. It's about the meaning behind the music. You know what I'm saying? Them boys, make they make yeah. that fight music, no question, no question. All right, well, those hey, are, hey, not, hey, not to mention, they was, in w, they was in WCW, too, not to mention. <laughs> they were. They were, well, that that pretty much takes up your 60 seconds. I may have forgotten to mention that. This is our first debate, so bear with us, okay? Just yes, deal with it, folks. Okay, so, Jonesy, uh, it, yes. now it's on you. I know you're a big ICP fan, so we went from Anthony, who's not a big ICP, ICP fan, to you who are. It sounded like he appreciated it. What are your thoughts yes. on the Hollywood virtual concert? What, how did you think they oh, uh, handled the tribute? It was definitely a uh, a a awesome thing when they came out. I knew exactly what 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 they were were doing, and you know, at the end of the day, ICP is still wrestling fans. Like they are still fans of professional wrestling. You know, they were able to be in the professional wrestling business. You know, they wrestled in WCW. They wrestled in the WWE. They had their own wrestling promotion. Uh, so this was their way to honor what they felt was one of the greatest tag teams in professional wrestling history. And I think that they pulled it off very, very, very well. And it's not really hard to tell who Violent J is and who Shaggy Two Dope is. Because Shaggy Two Dope is the guy that basically takes his shirt off all the time because he's got nothing but abs. And then you got Violent J who's like like my size, but maybe even a little bit bigger. So, I mean, it definitely worked. It was a lot of, of, of fun, and it was definitely awesome. All right, I got, I got, I got one more for you, because I got a lot on this list, and we can save a few more for uh, for Drake Lee and Jeremy Carp. Uh, shout out to those guys, of course, our, our new hosts. Uh, here's the next question. Uh, and I'll let you start off this one, Joe, since Heart uh, um, of the Hustle's very own uh, Anthony Baguia went first. Uh, here it is. Um, the WWE Network has added a ton of new con- uh, content over the past few weeks. Do you think the new content 
makes the WWE worth the nine ninety nine. Sir, you've got sixty seconds. Go ahead. I think that the content that they already had made it worth nine ninety nine. I mean, you've got every single WCW pay per view, every single WWE pay per view, ECW pay per views. Like this, this just sweetens the pot even more. Like you can watch things from the old, old, old wrestling promotions to you know, if you wanted to, you could start watching Monday Night Raw from the beginning all over again. You could watch. Uh, Nitro from the beginning all over again. So all this new content just adds more sweetness to the WWE Network, and you can't beat it for nine ninety nine. <laughs> Say it again, nine ninety nine. There you go. Well said. All right. Well, uh, Big T, uh, same question to you, sir. Uh, what do you think about the value uh, with the new content that's been added to WWE? Uh, network, do you think it's worth the nine ninety nine? Oh, absolutely. If you can't afford ninety nine, then you got problems in life. You know what I mean? But I will say, <laughs> and I say this because I used to get a lot of butt spankings staying up this late. I think they ought to add Shotgun Saturday Night to the lineup. I mean, Brian Pillman oh, was on all the time. Shout out to shout out to Flying Brian Junior. I think they ought to add Shotgun Saturday Night because there's a lot of classic memories on that show. Oh. Wow. Okay, you guys agree on on those two topics. I I love that. That's great. Well, you know what? That's a great transition point, and we'll move away from the debate. We'll come back uh, with a little bit more of that in the second hour. But you know what, Anthony? I, I got to tell you something, bro. And, and I've said this before, but since you're here, I, I'm going to say it in front of you. Uh, we get a lot of help on the show um, from Luke Roberts with uh, with all the, the the stuff that he does behind the scenes and contacting. Uh, folks that, that could potentially want to be on the show. Shout out to our buddy Owen out in California. What's up, homie? Nice to see you. Uh, always great to see you, I should say. Uh, but anyway, so, oh, Todd, what's up? Good to see you too, brother. Much love. Uh, but anyway, so we get a lot of help from the family, from Luke Roberts, now Jeremy Carp, uh, from, from Drake Lee. Uh, we're very blessed here. But you with nothing to gain, have helped us as well. And what you did is you facilitated that interview with Flying Brian Pillman Jr. that we did about a year ago. So I know you have a lot of connections through your Heart of the Hustle brand, but how, A, how did you make that happen, first and foremost? And number two, why do you do stuff like that? When there was really nothing to gain, we we didn't make any deal. I didn't offer you pay you anything. You just you just did it. So where does that come from, and why do you do it? Hey, listen, I'm gonna tell you one thing that my uh, good friend, one of my clients, Omar Good uh, Junior, told me. He told me to support is free. When it's out of love, ain't no dollar amount that could overtake that. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, if you believe in me, everybody knows I'm gonna put two hundred, a thousand percent into you. I didn't have nothing to gain from that, but to answer your question, how I kicked that off, me and Brian was talking for a while on the ground. Everybody knows I was a huge fan of his father's. So we just got to talking, and we was talking fashion and talking pro wrestling. And um, for he, this was before he signed with AEW and the star he is today, which I told you all he was going to be a huge star back then. But basically I was just like, I got these guys that I know, good friends of mine, that have their own podcast, hottest podcast in the world, I might say. So he thank, started thank asking you. questions. Like, 
he was like, so basically he just started asking questions. It was like, uh, well, who are they? And I was like, well, you know, they're based out of Kansas. My man, uh, Renee Nidal and Nightmare Jones. And by that time, he was like, well, they're huge wrestling fans. I mean, what kind of podcast is it? And I was just like, basically, dude, they've interviewed everybody. You know what I'm saying? And they give love back and show love. So he was like, uh, well, tell them what? He was like, uh, give them my number or contact info and just have them contact me. And I, and right before, right when you told me you did, Night Owl, you was like, I got a hold of him. I hit him back and was like, look, give these guys a chance because they're solid. And ever since then, it's, it's been golden. Well, I'll tell you what, we're grateful for that, Joey. I know you were super excited, bro. I know you were super fired up about having Brian Bryan, Brian, Brian, Brian Pillman Jr. on the show. Bro, reminisce about that a little bit, man. How special was that for us here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, man? And and really, Big T did make that happen, bro. He's the one that made the initial uh, connection. Yeah, that that that's freaking awesome. Like I I, I remember that that episode, and you know I I was a big fan of uh, Flying Brian Pillman, and you know he was a a, a guy that was uh, was taken from us way too too soon, and you know. So just to to be able to to talk to his son and and hear the passion that his son has for the wrestling business is it was was just amazing. It it was an amazing interview. No, you're you're absolutely right, and and you know what, uh, Big T. One of the other things that I wanted to bring up, uh, aside from thanking you for doing that for us, is your affiliation with pro wrestling. Um, as far as when it comes to the FWWC, I know we've done a lot of business with each other uh, because of the FWWC. Man, do you care to, to speak on that uh, for a minute? Because I know you've been a part of the group now for a couple of years, and really your your love, your passion for pro wrestling has really like gone to another level since being part of the uh, Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter, bro. Can you talk us a little bit through like when you got going in it and why you decided yeah. to join the uh, FWWC? It's crazy how it all started because uh, I believe I started uh, late 2017, early 2018. Uh, recently lost my father at the time. Um, was going through a real difficult time. Um, really didn't care about much at the time because, you know, me and my father was close. I met this wonderful gentleman named Renee Martinez the night out. We started talking. I don't know why we just started talking. We connected with each other through Facebook. Had a bunch of you good conversations. Uh, he was telling me about this uh, EFED, which again is the greatest EFED. None out there like it. If you want to do EFED, join the FWWC. You can contact me. You can contact Renee. You can contact Dewan Mills. Very beautiful place to be. Wonderful people. And uh, I started, and uh, I've had fun ever since. That's all I can say. It's a great place. Great people. I've won multiple titles. Hell. 2021, you might even see me as a GM on one of the brands. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy, bro. Well, I got one last question before I throw it back over to Joe. Bro, so you were a rapper, and then you decided uh, to start your own business because I know ownership was kind of one of the key topics that you wanted to stay focused on. But then you, you took your persona, which you created and owned, and from hip-hop to the clothing uh, uh, industry, and then you brought it to the group. Can you talk to us a little bit, not about Anthony Bagulia, but can you talk to us about Big T, the character? Big T, the character. Well, <laughs> let's just say Big T, the character, when he speaks and he posts a promo, when he posts a promo, 
he's kind of like El Mata Rodgers. He does kind of what he wants to do sometimes, and he's a renegade, and he really don't like listening to nobody, and he bitches and moans and threatens to leave the group all the time, but he comes back. He eventually finds home. He's like that dog that threatens to leave the yard because he ain't got no food, but he comes back home, you know? Um, Let's just say when he talks, everybody listens, and people come on to his promos to get shine, and he's a real mad trash talker. (laughs) Now, that trash talking, is that part of, like, growing up in Columbus Park? Is that part of your, like, Italian heritage? Is that, like, from your hip-hop background? Where, where, do you, where did you find the love for just trash talking, which is, has served you very well as a character in the uh, the fantasy group? Yeah, you know, it comes from the, the, the culture, the background, the Italian background, hip-hop, you know. My father always told me you stand for uh, something or you fall for anything, you know what I mean? So... It's all about standing up and being that leader, you know? Standing up and talking your shit more is more like it. End of the day, Big he's always got something crazy to say to somebody, you know? Like, shout out to Marcus Mayhem, Marcus Smith. People really think me and that guy are really beefing in the FWWC when they're not. In general, we're really not. It's just the role we got, you know? We kind of got like a love-hate relationship. Yeah, you know what? That's how it is with some of the other uh, fiery characters in the group, isn't it? Well, hey, Joe, I want to give you a chance to jump back in here. Yeah. I know, uh, you know Big T is a guy that you've known for a little while as well. Uh, but I'm curious, bro, what other questions do you have for the homie? I do, I do. So, earlier you mentioned that you were good friends with, with Omar Gooding Jr. And that kind of, like, blew my mind because when I was younger, Old school. I used to... <laughs> I used to watch Omar Gooding Jr. on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Man. You, you, you know, you know what, uh, you know what, brother Joe? It blows my mind every day because this dude literally hits me up to check on me, ask how the kids are doing. Uh, just overall, like, what you got going on clothing wise? You know, uh, what can I do to contribute to it? And it's crazy because I grew up a huge fan of his. Not from just baby boy, you know, but from a smart guy and uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper. And he's on one of the hottest shows on non-cable TV right now on Bounce Channel on Wednesdays, which is called Family Time. Great show. All Overall, dude, he's a great person, man. Like, anybody could hit him up and be like, hey, come on. You know, he'll talk to you. He's not like he's not like people, you know, like some people you can't talk to because of dick hairs. But that dude right there is genuine. Wow, that's awesome. Um, you well, know, Joe, can, can I piggyback? Hey, Joe, I'm so, I, I want to piggyback yeah. off your question because you also, um, and you guys can read the press release at WrestleTalkPodcast.com, but you also have done business with Snoop Dogg, who has some, like, like wrestling ties as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Big Percy uh, for that connection, man, like, that one really blows my mind. You know, like everybody always is like, man, we we just, uh, we got, you know, they bitch and moan because they don't know how to do it. I'm like, dude, anybody is accessible to reach these days. The power of social media. You have a computer in your hand. If you don't know how to work that thing, you don't know how to talk, you don't need to be considered a businessman, entrepreneur, or whatever you call yourself. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Fair I mean, the deal um, was the deal with Snoop Dogg. The deal with Snoop Dogg was just beautiful. Like, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, 
I guess that that my last question before I, I throw it, you know, back to Renee and, and we get in, into the uh, uh, shoot and shout is uh, uh, who has been the coolest person that you've worked with? From the early days or up until uh, up until now or overall? I mean, overall, I guess. I mean, I, I know that it's kind of hard, but yeah. Uh, Omar Gooden Jr., definitely. Kobe Covington, even though he's kind of hard to reach right now because, I mean, <laughs> it, he's on that level. You know what I'm saying? Like, the guy is hard to reach. He's like. on fire. <laughs> He's, He's on fire, right. bro. And I told, I told, I told Matt Allen when we started talking about that connection many years back. Like, this guy is going to be a star in three years, and now look at him. You called it, in. You called that shit. It's crazy because oh. I literally seen that dude. I went from seeing that dude have eight thousand followers to like eight hundred seventy-five thousand thousand followers in like three years, and it's crazy because you know when people say like you're really hated, like he's really hated, but if you really knew the guy, he's really not racist like everybody thinks. I'll give you a little backstory on Mr. Covington. He was going to get fired from the UFC back when I first started my clothing company because they said he wouldn't sell. And we had a talk one night. He was like, bro, I just, I, I got I got to figure something out. You know, true story. He'd tell you if he was on. And uh, I was like, bro, this was a hindsight story. I was like, bro, what, uh, what I would do is go against the grain. Go against what, what everybody's used to. Get you a Trump hat and start campaigning for Donald Trump, bro. Go against the uh, the normal. And he's like, you think it'll work? I'm like, I'm telling you to work. And we didn't talk for like three months, and all of a sudden he came out this anti-heel person. And ever since then, it's worked for him. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. Now, for those – now, Kobe Covington isn't necessarily a pro wrestling personality. He's more of a MMA personality, but he does have some pro wrestling in his background, right? Didn't, didn't you tell me that somewhere along the way? He was in Impact Wrestling with Bobby Lashley, which is his best friend for a long time, and Josh Barnett. I think it's Josh Barnett. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he was a D one. He was a D one wrestler, uh, Oregon too. So I mean, the guy, you know, <laughs> if Kurt Angle and Tito Ortiz back you, currently you got something saying for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's good shit, Joe. Uh, what did you have? Any final thoughts for Ann before we get into shooting shout? Oh man, you know, just dude, 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 dude this has has been absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, I I only really knew you from the FWWC, and now I feel that I get to know the even bigger picture of who Big T is, and it's absolutely awesome. And dude, I cannot you know front on your hustle. Like you have legit got hustle, dude. Like like. Like you, 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 you have banged and grinded, and you know you, you've got the, this attitude of you either with me, or you're gonna be left out in the dust, and 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 that's the the, the great type of attitude to have, man. Either you with me, you know, you, you're, 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 not to cut you, you know, not to cut you off, Joe, you're, uh, left in the uh, the dust, you know. Not a, not to cut you off, Joe, but like I always tell Nida, we always joke back and forth when we do talk because he's a business, a busy businessman like myself. I always say, look, bro, I don't care who fucks with me or who don't. They're going to support, and if they don't, somebody's going to buy it. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what works for me is they're going to need me before I ever need them again, and you can guarantee that. And that's not, you know, that, that's, just, that's just how I move. 
There you go. I love I, I love that. Hey, and you know what, Joey? I'll, I'll leave it at this. That's how you can talk when you own shit. And I know this is going to be hard for some people to hear, but Wrestle Talk is our shit. We can talk about whatever we want. Um, it, it's a blessing, and it's a huge responsibility. But when you have your own stuff, you can talk about what you want to talk about having any fear. And that's what I hear from, you know, Big T. I hear this, this, this swagger, this confidence, not out of arrogance, but of a man that can take care of himself and doesn't really need anything from anybody to take care of him, himself and his family. When you can do that and you're not leaning, depending, or, or asking for handouts, it gives you this, this uh, I don't know, this, like, this, this, this swagger, this confidence that, that is not, you know, made of, of, of something breakable. It, it, it's, it's like a shield of confidence that you get because you know that you're not dependent on anybody else. And, and ownership, like what we're doing here, even if it's shared ownership, like we do with the Wrestle Talk podcast, it doesn't just belong to one person. Um, you know, that that's power and that's strength. And I, hopefully you guys you, take that away from, from listening to the, uh, the owner, the founder, uh, the, the brainchild, um, you know, that is of Anthony's heart of the hustle closing. Can I add one one more thing in there, Nidal? Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. We're going to get into the just a minute, but go ahead. Hold on. Go ahead and close us out. What you guys did was put stock and equity in yourself. You can pass that down, Renee, to your son, your daughter, your wife, their future kids. Joe, if you have kids, ownership. That's what we're preaching, ownership. That's all you're going to hear me push 2021 and above, ownership. Assets over liabilities, brick by brick, and that's what it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Well, all the pleasantries aside, I think it's time to fire this thing up a little bit. Joey, why don't you lead us into tonight's edition of the Shoot and Shout segment? Absolutely. Um, no problem what, whatsoever. So, man, what is opening my nose? Wow. Well, I would have to say well, Joe, what is opening my nose. Joe, what? what I meant is introduce the segment so we can do the music. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you can go first. It's everybody's go first opportunity. I don't care. This is what everybody's opportunity is. To say what is on their mind, what is pissing us off, what is irking our nerves. We're gonna get maybe fifteen seconds to 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 go off or whatever is irking your nerves. We're gonna play some music. I'll go first. Renee will go second, and then you can finish it out to Hulkahot. If you could please play the shoot and shout music for us. So what's oaking my nerves is the fact that we as a society cannot seem to get along. It's it's always the left side against the right side, left side against the right side, left side against the right side. Do we not understand 
how great this country could be if the left side and the right side came together as one and we started working as one instead of my side and your side. Just get together and start working as one and we can make this country as amazing and better as it's ever been. But it's never going to happen if we continue to have the left side and the right side constantly fighting back and forth, losing friends, you know, starting arguments. It's, it's, it's just, it's crazy. It is crazy. And you know what else is crazy, Joe? I'm going to stick to wrestling on this one, but I completely 100% agree with you. And really, on your topic, I think if we really sat down and talked about it, it's just a couple of specific issues that we disagree on, but we let that dominate the conversation. And that's, yeah. that's not healthy. That's not good. So we gotta, we got to definitely stay away from that. But you know what? My shooting shout today is about a particular female wrestler. And her name is Kylie Ray. Oh, my gosh. If you didn't think okay. there was another female professional wrestler that had more drama and controversy revolving around her name, not named Tessa Blanchard, allow me to insert Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray signs with a, okay, leaves the Indians, the Indies, has a, a very publicized signing with AEW. It's with them for like a week, and then she's gone. Then she goes back to the Indies and is like, and talks about potentially not wrestling anymore, but then kind of just pops up again and starts having some fairly high-profile matches in the Indies. And you figure it's just kind of like a weak fight. I think she's like the female ACH. No disrespect, because you know I love ACH. Then she signs with Impact, and it seems to be having a good little run with Impact. But now, less than a year later, she is now stepping away. And and she didn't tell all of us. Not all of us are lucky enough to have heard this directly from Kylie Ray. No, only her fans on Patreon who are previewed to... The, uh, the the information that she is no longer a professional wrestler. Oh, my freaking gosh. If you're going to leave, freaking leave. If you're going to stay, freaking stay. Not everything has to be a damn soap opera. And Tyler's, it, it, it's outstandingly entertaining, super-duper talented, and I pay good money to see her in a great match. But, bro, guess what? You come, you go, you can't decide yourself. What you need is you need a blankie, you need a BB, and you need a safe space. And you need to stay there for a year until you can decide if you still want to do this professional wrestling thing. Because I'm seeing every other week something pop up about Kylie Ray, something different. And I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. Go away. Stay away until you're ready to stay. And then when you're ready to stay, stay for a while. Period, point blank. I don't really give a damn what you do, but make up your mind. Because honestly, it's taking up space on my damn timeline. And I'm sick of it. I don't normally I don't normally do this, Renee, but there is a very, very, very good reasoning as to why she's stepping away. She has mental health issues. Like she she's not right Bro, in the head. I got right mental health issues. Trying to keep up with what the hell is girls doing in, in, in what about my mental health issues, nine year Jones? What about me? Every week I gotta read a different story about Kylie Ray. She's she's taking a nap, she's waking up. She's, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have mental health issues after this, by the time this shit's over with. God damn it. <laughs> Did we not even play the music for this segment? What is wrong with us? <laughs>
shooting chops like my guy. Please minute. don't take Big anything that was said go. literally. Who? Big, 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 Big T? No, we give him Big T. He's not mad about nothing. No, I'm, no, I'm kidding. Bro. No, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, it. Big hey, T. Listen. The floor is yours, baby. Close this out strong. All right, listen, I'm going to take the Jim Cornette route here and bear with me, boys. But I have a huge uh, problem with Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Why is it that every time Paul Levesque, Triple H, whatever he goes by, builds these stars in NXT like Keith Lee, Aleister Black, that's just two guys. And when they come up to the main roster, they get fucking jobbed. Keith Lee should be on that level with Drew McIntyre. The guy's got the look, he's got the mic, and he's got the physique. You know what I'm saying? Like, Vincent Kennedy McMahon needs to really get it together. i got a problem with this guy. Either he's out of touch, you don't care what the fans think, or he just needs to give it up and hand it over to Steph, Shane, Triple H, whoever. But he needs to quit destroying the NXT talent after they're put on the pedestal in NXT as the stars. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that – I mean, that just really touches. Like, when I see Keith Lee jobbing out to a guy like uh, Ricochet, I mean, no no offense to Ricochet, but come on, man. Uh, yeah. You know what? I have to agree with you, but I will say that they're at least trying to keep him involved in the Survivor Series storyline, so that's something, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like a consolation prize, sort of? I don't know what it is, but I know this much. <laughs> Randy Orton is pro- Randy Orton is probably the best heel in the game right now, other than John Moxley, you know. But then you have to throw in Adam Cole. He's pretty so- he's pretty solid, you know what I mean. But then MJF, I I, I don't believe, I, I look at MJF as a Lash Larue or somebody, you know. Like I mean, he I don't know. He ain't sold me yet, you know. But back to what, back to what you guys were saying earlier about Matt Hardy. This dude is a workhorse, man. If he ain't AEW champion by the end of next year. Something's wrong. That dude goes and has a concussion major-wise that I've seen. It comes back like nothing happened. But that's the Hardy inning. You know what I mean? Jeff used to jump off 30-foot ladders and get back up like we're going to the circus. So, I mean, it is what it is. Pro wrestling is an all-time high right now, and I'm very excited that they have competition now that you just don't get buried in WWE like McMahon was doing. So, I mean, that's all I got for tonight, gentlemen, on that subject. Well, Big T, let me tell you something, man. Uh, this has been a great interview. Uh, I try to have fun with it. It's been several weeks since we've been on the show, so we try not to take ourselves too seriously. But, Joe, I know Anthony's a friend of both of us. I guess it's a beautiful thing to finally be able to welcome him in as an official member of the WrestleTalk family. Isn't that a beautiful thing, Joe? Absolutely. Uh, you know, Big T's been a, a awesome – I don't care, you know – I'm I'm always gonna call you Big T. Like I'm always gonna call <laughs> you Big T because that's who you are to me. Uh, you're you're an awesome guy. Uh, you know, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come out onto the podcast. Uh, you're, I wasn't you're welcome gonna, to come I wasn't back gonna miss anytime. This the, I wasn't gonna miss this. Listen, I wasn't gonna miss this for anything, gentlemen. My wife literally got off at seven o'clock, and I was like, "Look, get in the car. I have some serious business." That's what it was. I'm on the phone with you guys. It's been a blast. It's been, it's probably the best thing that's ever happened for my brand, honestly. And I'm not just saying that, just say it, but that's what it is, you know? This is family. Everything uh-huh. else is just no fun. Doubt. What no I doubt. need y'all to well, do for me, though, is somebody share me this link when we ha- tonight and so I can post it. Well, duh. You got it. Wrestle Talk Podcast. 
WrestleTalk Podcast Facebook page, bro, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. But you know, we'll have uh, JP send you that link uh, right away, brother. Thank you for being here, bro. We'll catch you on the flip side. And thank you for all you do for WrestleTalk, the FWWC, and a major shout-out uh, to Heart of the Hustle, man. Uh, I don't have my hoodie yet, and it is hoodie season. But I do know one thing. I know you have your WrestleTalk podcast. I know you have your WrestleTalk podcast mug, right? Tell us, bro. I do. Does it indeed make your drink taste 17.5% better? Because we're, tra- we're taking a survey now. I'm thinking 18.5. Because let me tell you something. I had it a day and a half, and I was sipping <laughs> my vino out of it. And the wife legitimately stole me. It stole it from me. It's a coffee mug now. I can't get it back, gentlemen. So obviously it's a steal that she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to give Big T another mug, Joe. I don't know. What do you think? We might. We we uh, might have to. Uh, it was a pleasure tonight, right, gentlemen. You, you guys keep hustling. You too, brother. Yes, sir. Have a good night. You too, brother. Much love. Adios. Adios. Joey, 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 it's been so many weeks since we've been able to do this again. And guess what, man? I'm absolutely loving it. I'm having a blast. You know, we're super informal here. We're just trying to trying to trying to laugh, trying to have a good time. But believe it or not, it's already time for a break. So let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back with um anybody from the FWWC that wants to call in, you're welcome to do that. But then we also have Drake and Jeremy coming back for the debate, and this is going to be a good one, bro, because it's you versus me, and we haven't done this in a long time where we go against each other. So, uh, JP, hit some music. We'll be back in two minutes with Hour 2 of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Here we go. It's kind of hard for me just to get up out of bed I can sleep in all day long Doesn't matter how many alarms I set I'll press the motherfucking snooze button What do you know, it's already 10 a.m. I haven't even stopped thinking on my makeup yet I guess I'll just go natural, no wing light Fuck the hell, throw the shit up in a mindset I'm wearing OT and some comfy jeans Fuck it for some old sneeze a many ass buttons that I guess I'll just push them off, little worry about some other day. Really don't wanna fucking not work. Just wanna stay at home and just wanna make a show. Spend money I don't have, I find out that require absolutely no energy to drive anywhere. Media's been a 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for hour number two of the Wrestle Talk podcast. And let me tell you, I could not be any more excited to be here this evening. Joey, are you with me, bro? I'm going to need you for this because not only are we going to try to do the debate, we're also going to bring on a couple of members of the uh, uh, the FWWC, bro. Are you with me? Can you hear me loud and clear, Joe? Joe, are you there, buddy? Can you hear me? All right, well, uh, let's jump over and see if we can't bring a collar on. See if we have any luck with this here. Diablo, you're live on the Wrestle Talk podcast, bro. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Losers. What's up, bro? Hey, you're calling in? I know you got some heat, and I know you got some big stuff coming up, bro. Why don't you share it with the FWWC right here, right now on Wrestle Talk Podcast, episode 318? Well, let's just say I got losers on my mind. The reason being is the Dark Realm, the Dark Realm Trios Tournament. There will be a last chance fatal four-way tag team match to determine the last two teams to join the tournament. Now, if you ask me, I wouldn't let this happen at all. Thought you, we'd give you all a last chance. So, who do you think, Mr. Night Owl, has a chance out of this fatal four tag team match? All right, well, let, let's go through it. We've got Saviors of Funk with uh, with Remy Ritz, right? You've got uh, Lilith, the Women's Champion, Spartans Champion. you got Saint, and then you've got Remy Ricks, the Undisputed Legends Champion. Then you have uh, Crystal Lake Killers with Rage, which is Voorhees, the Battle Cat, and Rage. Then I believe you have... The Hefty Boys. Ah, see, this is an interesting topic. Nightmare Jones, I don't know if you can hear me, but I definitely want to get your opinion on this because the Hefty Boys have an opportunity to qualify for the Dark Realm Trios Tournament. I need to get your thoughts on it, and I need to get your thoughts on it now. Can you hear me? Nightmare Jones. Yes, Night Owl. What do you need? What do you want? Well, you heard El Diablo. He's, he's taking pity upon you, okay? And he's allowing you guys to have a last chance match this upcoming Monday to get another opportunity to enter the Dark Realm Trios tournament. So the question is, are you going to take advantage or are you guys going to run high? The Hefty Boys never run. The Hefty Boys never hide. So you can bet your ass that we're going to be there. And we're going to win. And at the end of the night, we're going to walk away. Once, once everything is said and done, and this whole trio's tournament is done, we're going to walk away with those medals around our necks. And we're going we're, we're gonna to melt those medals down into forks, 
and we're going to eat them when we eat our buffets, because that's what Hefty Boys do. Oh, my gosh. Well, Diablo, we have very little time, and I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that, (laughs) because you also recently lost your FWWC World Championship to the returning, the unexpected Irishman, Arden Murphy. you care to comment on that as well before we let you go? Well, let's just say that was a fluke. Arden Murphy has the lucky charms, just like any other leprechaun would. And when it comes to Survivor Series, I will be taking what's rightfully mine back home. Now, when it comes to the trios tournament, Mr. Nightmare, I'm sorry to say this, but you guys stand no chance. I'm pretty sure we all learned that the first time around. But I'll I'll be sure to have you and the rest of the Hefty gang clean up those medals before placing them around mine, Samaela Mayhem, and Mata's neck. Oh, I'm I'm gonna place those 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 medals somewhere. And let me tell you, get off me, get off me, no, no. What the hell is going on? What the hell is going on over there? Josie! Josie! Okay, well, we hope to have Nightmare Jones. What the I don't know what's going on with Nightmare Jones, but you know what, guys? We do have another quick caller that we want to get to. We're about 10, maybe 15 minutes away from our second featured guest of the evening, Vance Nevada. This guy, originating in Canada has made his bones here in the United States and was honored recently at the CAC. I cannot wait to talk to him about everything that he's done in his career. But before we get there, and we got to try to figure out what's with Nightmare Jones, we're actually going to bring back the best-dressed man in professional wrestling and I-70 Sports Media's very own Jeremy Carp back on the show because guess what? We're going to go ahead and have a little bit of a debate session here. And uh, JP, can you double check on Jeremy? I want to make sure he's available right now. Uh, so, anywho, we're going to have a little bit of a debate session tonight. It's not we haven't missed the fact that tonight is the election, and we want to kind of play that. We want to play into that a little bit. So, instead of it being me versus Nightmare Jones, Nightmare Jones is obviously indisposed right now. We've got security over there trying to figure out what's going on with him. We're going to actually have Drake Lee versus Jeremy Carp. For a couple of questions before we continue on with the FWWC segment, and then we bring on, again, our second feature guest of the evening, uh, Vance Nevada, okay? So, JP, go ahead and cue up that presidential music for me one more time as we have the two new hosts, Drake Lee and Jeremy Carp, going one-on-one on tonight's WrestleTalk podcast debate. I know I am. 
That's who I was waiting for. Now that I've heard my opponent speak, Alba's doing the respectful thing. Renee, come on, you got to give me some props for that. Very well done. Maybe you're turning thank over. You. I appreciate that. Well, well done. Thank, thank you. So I'm now, well. without further ado, I am ascending to my metaphorical podium, and I'm ready to open up a debate can of whoop ass. Whoa! Here we go. All right, here we go. First question. Last year, many people were extremely happy to see NXT included in the WWE Survivor Series. This year, there was no indication that NXT will be involved uh, in anything with Raw or SmackDown. Is this a good or bad idea for WWE and why? Jeremy Carp, please go first. Now... In my opinion, NXT last year was seen as the superior brand to both Raw and SmackDown. A lot of attention was given it to, or given to it, I should say, on both television and on social media. Ratings were very well, and Triple H spoke highly of it, and people were really getting behind the brand. And... As expected, NXT dominated Survivor Series last year. I think it is a bad idea for NXT not being included, especially since they are the ones that are directly competing against AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night. I think it makes it look down upon the brand. Well, that's... Pretty much sums up your 60 seconds. Great take there, Jeremy. Drake Lee, what do you have to say about this topic? You know, I, I, I appreciate what my opponent has said, my, my co-host there, Jeremy. Great great response, but let's be honest here. Numbers don't lie, okay? Why is there a need to throw on NXT when they can barely hold 750000 a week? They haven't shown this year that they've earned that opportunity. And they haven't grabbed that brass ring like they all thought they were going to. So yeah, it's the, it's the right decision. Survivor Series has all has you know primarily been about the you know the main brands, and uh, you know last year was fun. But it's time to get back to reality, and it's time for NXT to realize they have to earn those opportunities. Renee. Wow, uh, incredibly strong response there, Jeremy, uh, and also you, Drake. I mean, you guys both definitely fire from the hip. And we will let the audience decide who they think uh, won that particular topic. But both of you guys make great points. Let's move on to the next question. And as a matter of fact, let's move away from WWE because we know that the members of the WrestleTalk family are the educated version of a pro wrestling band. So we, of course, don't only watch WWE. Let's talk a little bit of Ring of Honor, gentlemen. Uh, The promotion recently held a tournament to crown a brand-new Ring of Honor Pure wrestling champion with a lineage of former champions, including the phenomenal AJ Styles, Doug Williams, Jay Lethal, Samoa Joe, Nigel McGuinness, Daniel Bryan, and now Jonathan Grisham, who won the tournament to crown their first pure wrestling champion in nearly 14 years. Drake Lee. Do you feel it was a good idea to bring back this championship? If so, tell us why. 
Yeah. So uh, to answer your response too, because you know you kind of you know you kind of worked out that way with the you know the crowd that whoever's going to be decided is uh, by people we don't even know. We don't know who they are. Okay. So I don't think that's There's a very a good way to judge a debate. About. Uh, you know, family's family, but half of them could be dead that voted for Jeremy. I mean, let's be honest here. It happens all the time. Oh, so moving on to the, ra- the main – true. Moving on to the to the main question here. Uh, Fucking you know, bullshit! Do, do I get that time reclaimed? That wasn't me! Okay. Furthermore, I, I think Jeremy and I can both agree with this. You know, anyone with the comments, I think it's the right move. Um, there, there's no other – what what, a, uh, what Ring of Honor's done – and quite frankly, uh, a lot of promotions, not even just WWE, AEW, uh, Impact, need to take note on all of us, you know, in the in the wrestling industry, take note on it because they're adding something completely new, um, in my opinion, and a lot of my colleagues' opinion. It's uh, something that AEW was trying to do with making it more sports-centric, and uh, you know, I think they're taking it to the next level. I think they're actually building the way they should have, and uh, not like AEW's done. All right. Uh- and that brings you to the end of your 60 seconds. Uh, Jeremy Carp, same question for you. You know, I greatly appreciate Drake's answer, and it was a very well thought out and intelligent answer. So kudos to him. I believe that it is a smart move on the part of Ring of Honor. I believe, I believe ever since AEW came to light, and the revitalization of Impact Wrestling, ROH has taken a big step backward. And I think this is a way for them to try to bring back some prominence within the company. A lot of their stars have gone on to other promotions to very good success. And for them to bring back the championship that has been gone for so long, I think is a very smart move on the part of the promotion. All right, so we agree on that topic. Very, very interesting. Um, between you, my, two, my answer, my answer was much anything. more exciting. Well, my answer was much more exciting. The rest of talk <laughs> I'm sure Jeremy would disagree. No, Are we moving no, on? No, no, no. I just was waiting for Jeremy to like rebuttal there. I, I kind of. Oh, I obviously disagree. I, I just didn't think it was worth okay, in the waste of words. I'm saving right, my words for the right, questions. Well, That's my thing. Yeah, no, yeah, he's focused on the questions, Drake. You can keep your damn trash talking to yourself. Okay, oh, well, my. you know what, guys? We do, we do have time for one more question before we bring on our second featured guest of the evening. And here it is. Are you gentlemen ready? Yes. Is that a, of course I'm ready. Come on. Give me some easy okay, ones. You're giving Jeremy go. all the easy, you know, easy questions. He's giving him softballs, and I'm, I'm the one getting. That's what he said during the trivia challenge that questions. I beat him in. Oh my gosh! The game show challenge. I, we didn't forget about that one. <laughs> Again, another fake poll. Another fake poll. Here we go. All right. So, three weeks ago, the WWE draft was held. One of the biggest discussions coming out of the draft was the separation of Big E from Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. What are your thoughts on this situation? And, Drake, you'll be able to go first this time. 
Yeah, and you know, you know that's the way it should be. Okay, I mean, time and time again, Drake Lee comes on the program. Now, new co-hosts. We've seen numbers are through the roof. I mean, numbers don't lie, right? Renee, fact over feeling. But but let's be honest here. You know, we've been waiting for this answer because everyone just keeps waiting. Oh, oh, Jeremy gets all these easy ones. Look how much Renee likes Jeremy, and then you bring me on to do this. So I'll, I'll give you an answer. And it, it, quite frankly, it's it's simple. Okay, they needed it to happen. You know, I know Jeremy's going to, you know, side with all the, the fans. But let's let's be honest, fact over feeling. Big E was ready. It's time's coming. And that's what WWE's showing us. And it's time for us to embrace that and move forward. And, you know, I, 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 just, I just think this is, this is so – Renee, this is just ridiculous. I thought I was, I was handed completely the different questions you guys sent to Jeremy and I. You haven't read a single one of them. And I'm very upset about this. I think this was sabotage from the beginning. But I, I do think it's a good idea. All right. Well, we'll address that here in a moment, but Jeremy Carr, same question to you. What do you think about the separation of Big E from the New Day? I actually believe it needed to happen because you the hints have been there for months now. Not just since Xavier Woods got in. Well, since even before Xavier Woods got injured, but even after that. And then Kofi Kingston got injured. And Biggie continued to shine in singles competition. So the groundwork was there to separate the New Day. And I, I know it hurts a lot of fans, obviously. They're the most popular tag team of, or stable group, whatever you want to call them, the most popular of them for the past 20 years probably, at least in WWE. And... Nobody even expected the heights that they achieved. There was a lot of negative reactions when they first debuted. But they rose to the occasion. They all achieved success. Except for Big E when it comes to singles titles. And now Big E finally has that chance to show what he is truly made of. Renee, if I could, could I just interject here? Let me do everyone a favor. Go ahead. Yeah, good. Okay. So basically we've had three questions, okay? And two of them, Jeremy's completely agreed with me on, so it shows how right I am. You know, I mean, can we just say that? Can we acknowledge that to the Russell Talk fan base before you have the fake, uh, you know, the fake votes coming in for Jeremy? Because that's going to happen. I mean, we know that you guys are against Drake Lee. They all have been. And, I mean, it's just, you know, ridiculous. Okay, I see you. But if you want to reverse it, I say you would have agreed with me should I have been the one getting asked the question first. Well, you can say that all you want, Jeremy. I mean, listen, you're a great guy, okay? But but let's be honest, the entire time, the entire I know I am, the entire time, okay, you were kissing the audience's butts. I'm telling them the honest answer, okay? So I think there's a real choice of a winner here. It's not, it's not the guy that's going to give them what they want to hear. All right, all right. Let me stop. Okay, gentlemen, gentlemen, let me show you how this is done. You're both absolutely wrong about this big E situation. Let me explain to you why. There was absolutely no need to separate Big E from the New Day in order for him to be able to go on a singles run. You know why I know that? Jeremy Carp and Drake Lee, the, the, the young Padawas, the guppies of this Wrestle Talk podcast hosting game, because no more than a year ago, 
Kofi Kingston accomplished the exact same thing that they're trying to do with Big E Langston while still being a member of the New Day. If he did it, why can't Big E do it? The need for them to separate him makes no sense because they already had the blueprint of how to take one of the guys as a part of one of the most successful trios slash tag teams in WWE history, as you both stated. They did it with Kofi. Why couldn't they do it with Big E? There's no need for it. They're all prominent. They all have individual singles matches, even when they are on a team. This could have been accomplished without necessarily splitting them up and putting them on separate brands. The only reason to do that is because you didn't think that Big E could compete for the championship on the brand that the other two guys are on, okay? So that means that you don't think that Big E would have been worthy of being in the main event picture on Raw, but you do believe that he's worthy of being in the main event picture on SmackDown. Here's the crazy thing about it, though, gentlemen. He's not in the main event picture on SmackDown or Raw. So this whole plan fell apart for both of you. This was a bad idea because it's been already a month, and he is not in the main event picture for either top championship. So you're both wrong. I'm sorry. The night out okay, wins again. Hold on. I didn't hold even on. get a chance to defend myself. Hold on. Jeremy, hold on. Hold on. I got this. I got this. I don't I got even this. know about. Jeremy, I got this, buddy. I got this one. For oh. one time only, I will I will step into the firing line for us as a as, as a co-hosting tag team. Okay. The firing line. This is a warning shot. I'm not even being serious right now. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. Come no, on, Tracy. No, no. Give me what you got, Daddy, because we got to move on to bands and we got to do it quick. Well, I'm just saying. I'm tagging you in. Great. You got this. I, I, thank you. I, I know I do, but thank you. So, so do you see how they treat me, Russell Talk? Do you see how they treat me? I know. They they send a moderator out dummy? there to debate. To debate. A moderator comes out to debate. First of all, I mean, I'm just going to be the one that takes the bullet here. I just have never been that big of a fan of the New Day. Ugh. So, and you know, you know, so in regards to, to oh, it's only been a month. Okay, Drew McIntyre came up a year before he got his title push. So, just throwing that out there. Even though Russell Talk has seen how badly you treated me, they see that you jumped on, you know, a bandwagon to assault and, and assault, you know, Drake Lee and tried to bring Jeremy into it until he stuck up for me and, and himself. So, so you know, people see that, Renee. People see it all over. <laughs> okay, well, Drake, Jeremy, it's been a blast. Want to thank you guys, uh, a for being a part of today's show. But on a way more serious note, and Joe, I'll have you come in on this before we transition into our final featured guest of the evening, who's been very patient. He requested only green M&Ms in the green room. That's what we gave him. He said he wanted Diet Iced Tea, but sweet, not too sweet. We gave him that. When you're dealing with a man like Vance Nevada, you give the man what he wants or he freaking crushes your head. So we're trying to keep him happy, even though we're running a little bit late. But let me just say this. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Drake, it is a, a pleasure, a true honor, a, a, a distinct uh, point in time that will stick with me forever where we are bringing in some new blood into the WrestleTalk family, not just to support us, but also to be a part of the creation of the show. And you guys have been outstanding. Every meeting we've had, you guys have been there, engaged, involved. Tonight you guys showed up. You showed up strong. And I know that the future of this program is in great hands moving forward. Joe and I aren't going anywhere, but next week you guys will have the distinct pleasure of hearing both Jeremy and Drake on a pre-recorded interview with Evan Ginsberg and one other guest who's escaping me right now. So thank you guys so, so much. Joe, I know you've got some brief thoughts here. I'm just so, so happy that we can count on two extremely talented 
and hardworking guys just like uh, Drake Lee of Down in Pro Wrestling and uh, Jeremy Carp of I-70 Sports Media. Joe, share your thoughts before we close this out. Yeah, man, just it's been absolutely amazing. You guys are awesome, and I couldn't be happier to have you guys on the uh, podcast with us. It's, it's, it's been amazing. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you guys very much, and I look forward to next week working with Drake. Thanks, guys. This is going to be a really good time. Like I said, new era, new faces, and uh, new opportunities. And I'm so excited I'll be there with Jeremy, and I'm so excited that you guys get to see and hear from me because that's what you guys, you know, come for. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great night. Yep, Happy you too. You guys as well. Peace and love. Peace Adios. All right, Josie, it is that time. We're running a few minutes late. We're so, so sorry, guys. For those of you who tuned in uh, to listen to uh, Vance Nevada, uh, we are running a little bit behind, but we promise we're going to give you at least a solid 20 to 25 minutes with Vance. Joe, why don't you do the honor of uh, introducing this uh, prestigious gentleman? Oh, my goodness. It, it would be my absolute pleasure to do that. This gentleman, he's done everything you can think about in pro wrestling. Like He's been a promoter. He's been a wrestler. He's been you know, inducted into the Cauliflower Alley Club. You know, he's competed against the likes of uh, Davey Richards, Tony Kazina, Jim Neidhart, Kyle O'Reilly, Kenny Omega. I mean, you think of, you name it, this gentleman has faced them. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to bring on the one and only Vance Nevada. It's fantastic. It's uh, a pleasure to be here, and thanks for the invite. Oh, man, it, it, it is all pleasure to have you on. Uh, man, you know, it, you've done so much in pro wrestling, and one of the coolest things, which I recently uh, get to experience this, is uh, you are the editor of the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club newsletter called The Ear. And being a new member of the Cauliflower Alley Club, I now get to read that that uh, news uh, that uh, newsletter, and it's absolutely amazing, sir. Uh, so, how did you get into uh, the Cauliflower Alley Club, uh, being the editor of the newsletter? Uh, you know, when I was first introduced to the Cauliflower Alley Club in 1999. Uh, at that time, the reunion uh, traveled around. So now, over the last several years, it's been uh, holding court in Las Vegas. But they used to move the reunion around from year to year so that you get different regional uh, talent to come out and participate. And that particular year, they had moved it to Newton, Iowa, which is where they had just opened the, uh, the George Trajos Luthes uh, Hall of Fame uh, in Newton. And uh, at that time, I was living in Winnipeg, and so a couple of buddies of mine thought, that's a great road trip. It'd take us a couple of days on the road. And 
uh, was introduced to the club. And, you know, initially, I think I was really thrilled just to get an opportunity to meet some of the legends that, uh, you know, you weren't necessarily going to see when live wrestling came to your town. You know, the Vern Gagne's and the Mad Dog Michans and Harley Race and Luthez. Uh, mm-hmm. But it wasn't until a few years later when I really got to know, you know, the mission of the club uh, and all all that they do to give back to the men and women that have given so much for the sport and for the fans. And, uh, you know, when I found out more about the mission, you know, I'm just so proud to be part of that organization. Yeah, you know, the, this uh, past year, I, I was actually going to go to the Cottonflower Alley Club reunion, but... You know, be because of a little thing named COVID, I wasn't able to go, and I'm still bummed about that. I'm still mad about that, Renee. Hey, there's always you next year, buddy. Don't you worry. I think one of the best things about the, the reunion itself is that, you know, there's a number of different events where, you know, the educated wrestling fan or, or the wrestler, independent wrestler on the rise of their career can go. Um, but most of those are fan fest type situations. And I think the best thing about the Cauliflower Alley Club is whether you're a wrestling journalist or a podcaster or, or a diehard fan or somebody that volunteers at the local wrestling shows in their area, when you show up and put on the name badge, you are one of the brothers and sisters of wrestling. And so when you fall into step with a legend like Jerry Briscoe on your way to breakfast, and you say, hey, Jerry, uh, you want to join us for breakfast? Uh, it's just cool like that. You're not waiting in a line hoping to get a minute of somebody's time and get their autograph. You're actually getting to build relationships with some of these men and women and uh, you know, hear some of their fantastic stories that you're not going to hear on the network because they're a little bit too colorful for that. Uh, but uh, just such a fantastic and rewarding opportunity and uh, it's almost hard to put into words unless you've been to a reunion. And I strongly encourage anybody who hasn't been uh, to get to Vegas. So next time you get an opportunity for uh, the reunion, once COVID is over, uh, it's a fantastic experience. And I try to make it every year. Wow. Next year, next year. Um, Cross so our fingers, now, Cross yeah, our right? fingers. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, not only were you a a wrestler, but you also have been a promoter. Um, and so what made you want to go from being a wrestler to a promoter? You know what? It, it, I would say it was a complete fluke. Uh, you know, never in my life did I ever have uh, aspirations to be a promoter. But, you know, I was also, you know, never one of those guys that would sit in the locker room. And you would see this happen. And, and for those of you listening to the podcast who are wrestlers, you'll recognize this. You know, it doesn't matter what show you're on. You'd be in the locker room, and there would always be this, like, group of guys in the back corner that would second-guess everything. And they would say, well, you know what, I don't like the way that they're, they're using me here. I don't like the way that this is happening or that's happening. You know, if I was running a show, I would do this or that. And I was never satisfied to be one of those guys. You know, if I had an idea, uh, I wouldn't just grumble about it in the back. I would put my money where my mouth is. And so, you know, due to a, just kind of a fortunate circumstance, I was able to uh, come into uh, a ring at a really good price uh, about 10 years ago um, and, and thought, well, yeah, maybe, you know, I got a ring. Maybe, maybe I'll set it up to train. Maybe I'll run some shows. I don't know. I hadn't really made a plan yet. Uh, around the same time, I ran into a guy named Fred May, 
Now, Fred is not a name that uh, people are going to go, oh, my God, you met Fred May. But Fred was uh, – his company, Mayford Productions, was the company that produced Stampede Wrestling in the 80s and 70s when it was in syndication. And Fred was actually the guy that got Stu Hart national television and distribution into the United States for a time. So Fred had a lot of experience with television. Uh, you know, he was at that time teaching uh, media – uh, and television production at a local college. And uh, when he saw that there was a wrestling show, uh, he called me up and said, hey, do you have any interest to do television? And it kind of snowballed from there where, you know, Fred had kind of sold me this idea that he could get national television again. And because independent wrestling hasn't had television uh, at that time, hadn't had television for 20 years uh, of any significant uh, nature, this was very attractive, and now we were able to get promoters to band together and agree that we should be working together because the, the footprint for independent wrestling is so small by comparison to, you know, the national organizations. For us to have any kind of opportunity to get national TV, we need to be bringing the best of the best. And there wasn't any one roster in any one city that had it. We needed to bring some guys from Vancouver, some guys from Calgary, some guys from Edmonton, some guys from Winnipeg. And when you put that all together that collective made a pretty compelling show. And so over a couple of years, you know, we were really working hard to build it and, and, uh, you know, spent a lot of money taping, uh, to put together a pilot uh, for national television. And um, unfortunately, um, Fred's, Fred's, uh, initial pitch didn't really come through. And so, you know, when weeks turn into months, turn into years with no television, uh, you know, guys started to lose interest and it was time to, Time to realize this wasn't going to happen. We were just going to keep throwing good money after bad, and uh, it was time to time time to pull the pin. Absolutely, um, Renee. Why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have? Oh, dude, I'm so ready. Uh, thank you so much for your patience. By the way, the show is scripted, but uh, when we're having great conversation, it's really hard to cut it off. I, I know you as a long time. Uh, professional wrestling uh, promoter, wrestler, probably fan. You understand how that is when things are going good. You just kind of go with the flow. So thank you so much for being uh, for being patient. I really appreciate that. No problem at all. I do understand. You know, I think any day is a good day to talk wrestling. And if you have people passionately engaged in whatever product that they are, are watching and want to talk about, that's a good day. Well, no doubt about it. And, and you know what? The first thing that I wanted to ask you about was when I received the photograph that we ended up using for your poster, uh, which is uh, on our all over our Instagram page, all over our Facebook page, I noticed that the picture when you took it had a little emblem on the bottom left-hand corner. And that, that emblem was uh, Danny Duggan's promotion yes. up in Canada, Canadian Wrestling League. I know things up in Canada are always just a little bit more intense. Canada is kind of North America's version of, like, America's Texas, in my opinion. Sure. And as you know, those guys, they do those 12-night tours over 12 cities. Can you talk to us a little bit about your experience with Danny and the boys and, and, and maybe, um, you know, traveling around and, and working up in, uh, in Canada? Because I know that's where you originally reside from. What is your experience been with uh, CWE and, and in Canada in general when you've done wrestling? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that's, that's different, uh, you know, from Canada to the States in terms of wrestling is, 
you know, the distance between wrestling centers is so far apart. So, if, you know, for a long time, you really had this isolation. Like if you were a Winnipeg guy, the nearest place for you to work was either eight hours to Minneapolis or 12 hours to Calgary. Um, you know, so there was very little crossover of talent back when I began. Uh, so it's very exciting to see what Danny Duggan is doing, really trying to bring it to this old school touring wrestling company uh, because the style of wrestling that you do when you have to wrestle 35 nights in a row is much different than if you're just wrestling two nights on a weekend and then have five days to recover. Uh, so I had actually been out of wrestling um, in, in 2013. I had injured my neck. Uh, I had a narrowing of the spinal column uh, that was creating, you know, intense migraines. And the doctors at that time thought, well, if you don't, if you don't rest now, you will end up in a wheelchair. So I took five years completely out. And Danny had called me up from time to time. He'd say, hey, you want to come down and do a match? And I'm like, nah, no, I really don't want to. Uh, and a couple of years ago, he called me and he said, listen, I'm in a pinch. You know, he started doing these tours where he starts in Winnipeg, uh, which, you know, frame of reference for uh, the American listeners uh, is just north of uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota. Uh, and then he goes west on a loop all the way to the west coast to Vancouver. And then he loops back through a different highway yep. back through Winnipeg and ends up at Toronto, uh, you know, 35 nights in a row, uh, every single night, uh, very grueling pace. Uh, you know, you'd have, you know, probably four, four to six core guys that are on every single show and then pick up local talent in some of those markets along the way. So he had called me up and said, like, we're on the back swing of this tour. We've already done 20 nights. Um, you know, we're a little bit far from Winnipeg. We had a couple of guys get hurt. I need someone to fill in one date. Could you do it? I said, I haven't wrestled in five years. I don't know if I, if I still have any go left in me. Uh, I said, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come out and, and we'll fill in. And before the match had even started, he was already in my ear to say, yeah, now here's how we're going to set up the return. Uh, <laughs> uh because, you know, once it's in your blood, it's in there. And I said, well, let, let's leave it this way. I said, I'm going to go out there. You know, if, if I don't completely, uh, you know, end up sucking wind and, and hurt myself, uh, if I'm feeling it, I'll cut the promo for the return match on the next tour. Uh, and that was, that was the beginning of a comeback. And, uh, and so now I've, you know, did a couple of tours with Danny Duggan and some of his shows around uh, Manitoba. And now I'm back living on the West Coast and, uh, you know, was, was back with All-Star Wrestling, Gorgeous Michelle Stars promotion, uh, right up until uh, COVID shut everything down. Shut everything down? Damn it! <laughs> Talk about getting a, a, a restart and then everything being completely shut down. Well, I, I was excited uh, to see that you were a part of CWE and working with Danny and the boys because they've been very consistent even throughout COVID. I, I think they were one of the first promotions that kind of got back on the road um, as far as doing promoting things of that nature and just keeping their guys out and getting exposure because we all know, Levan said, everybody spent a lot of time in front of their computers, their televisions, and their cell phones during COVID-19. Uh, so let me transition to something else, and, and I want to kind of focus on, on some of your accomplishments. There aren't many people that can lay claim to being recognized by Pro Wrestling Illustrated on 11 different occasions. You've been in the top 500 on 11 
different occasions. We've had this debate many, many times, but I'm curious to know, does it mean anything to you, and do you think it's substantial when you are on that PWI 500 list? You know, I think it's kind of been one of those locker room debates and, uh, you know, typically what you'll hear in the locker room, mostly from guys that don't get listed is, oh, that's just a mark list. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, the, the, there's so many guys that deserve to be on the list and they're not there. Uh, but I think it's, you know, when you look at the criteria for the list, uh, you know, it's not just about who's the best talent. It's about who's making the biggest impact in the business that year. Uh, so when you have, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe you've got one of the greatest talents ever working out of Winnipeg, but nobody outside of Winnipeg knows who they are, uh, you know, versus somebody that is touring nationally and is headlining uh, for companies that from coast to coast. Those are things that are significant. Uh, you know, for for me, it, it, you know, one of the things that I always stress to to guys that I trained uh, later than me, and some of them really took it to heart, was any opportunity you have to get media, you get it, whether that's the local newspaper, whether it's a radio interview, whether you have an opportunity to do the WrestleTalk podcast, any opportunity you get to put your name out there in front of people, you always take it. And so when you have an opportunity to get into Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine, which is sort of the premier publication of wrestling, and have your name there, once it's in print, it's always there. Uh, did it make me a lot more money being in Pro Wrestling Illustrated? Not necessarily, but it certainly gave promoters a tool to use to when they're bringing, bringing me to a new market to say, hey, Chilliwack, British Columbia, we're bringing Bass Nevada to your town. The man who's rated by Pro Wrestling Illustrated because he's one of the top wrestlers in the world, uh, right. <laughs> and we're going to bring him here. You know, so, you know, for sponsors, for advertisers, now you have something that's credible in print. It's not your, your typical promoter mumbo jumbo, uh, you know, and we see less of that now with sort of this reality-based booking and, and social media awareness versus back in the day where wrestler would go into a new territory, their bio was completely fictitious, um, you know, and, and the promoter would, would spin it uh, whatever way they needed to to fill a spot. Now you have, you know, ma- sort of mainstream media credibility uh, that you can now use and leverage. Um, and so when you're talking, and I, I find it even more important when you're talking to non-wrestling fans, if you're doing a, you know, a daytime talk show and you're talking to a host that has obviously no idea about wrestling and no idea about you to be able to share those types of credentials with them that they can verify and, and prove that they're legit is incredibly valuable. And so I would always say to, to anyone, if you are in the wrestling business and you're not doing everything you can to constructively get noticed, you're not doing it right. Not, not doing your job. And, and that, that's the kind of guy you are, Vince. Like you, you, that kind of was leading into my final question before I throw it over to Joe. Like, what would you say to somebody who's currently in professional wrestling school who is looking to make a name for themselves? They're physically taking care of themselves. They're going to training a couple of times a week. They're taking matches that make sense for them early on in their career. My question was going to be, what would you recommend to an up-and-coming young, young uh, competitor? And it sounds like you covered it pretty well at that, I mean, without me even asking. So it makes me excited when I know we have a, a true – professional on the line 
that can answer questions even before I ask them. I mean, man, pretty damn impressive, brother. I got to say, that's pretty impressive. Well, I think I think one of the most important things that I see, and I've seen, you know, uh, a lot of talent coming out of schools with a pretty good pedigree, uh, you know, and this is no slight on the program, a lot of kids coming out of wrestling school are very good wrestlers uh, in terms of their mechanics and what they can do bell to bell. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, however, uh, they're not being taught the etiquette of the business and they're not being taught the business of the business. Uh, so, you know, you know, they can go up there, they can do their thing in the ring, but when you say, Hey, I, I enjoyed your stuff. You know, I'd like to put you over to another promoter that I know I think they'd like to use you. Uh, do you have, do you have an eight by 10? Uh, no, they don't have any eight by tens. Uh, <laughs> do, do, do you have a business card? No, I don't have a business card. Uh, do you have a YouTube channel where I can just uh, direct the promoter to, to check out your links? No, I don't have that either. So if you, if you don't have that, if you're not using all of these tools that are available to you, especially now with the internet, have a Facebook presence, have, you know, have social media, uh, make sure that you're cutting promos and airing promos because if they're good and they're entertaining, promoters are going to take note of that. Uh, and so I think that, you know, a, a lot of times people are, are, are now saying, okay, I've graduated from wrestling school. I will learn everything else I need to learn uh, by watching uh, WWE and AEW, and that will tell me all I need to know to get to the next level. It'll be, tell me what they're looking for. And no, that's not the case. Uh, and as a result, that's why you see that at level, that's just the top 1%, maybe top 0.5% of the whole industry. And everyone else is on the outside wishing they had a contract. Yeah, well, hey, listen, as the homies say, there's levels to this. So just watching AEW and WWE to try to figure out what you need to do to get to the next level is a huge mistake. I have to completely agree. Joe, I'll let you jump in here. I know you've got a couple of final questions, and then we'll get into tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge where our very own Nightmare Jones will go up against the one and only Vance Nevada in a little bit of a trivia challenge. But, Joe, why don't you jump in here with your questions first? Um, Sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, you've been a promoter, you've been a wrestler, um, but you also wrote a book about wrestling in the Canadian West, which focused on uh, the, the, the professional wrestling heritage in Wrestling in Canada. Um, so what made you want to write this uh, this book? You know, I think, uh, you know, if you if you talk to anybody and you say, oh, wrestling from Canada, uh, the first uh, assumption that they that they jump to is, oh, yeah, Stu Hart Stampede Wrestling. Yeah, we know we know about that. Uh, you know, and, and no questions, you know, Stu Hart Stampede Wrestling, uh, you know, stands head and shoulders above. Uh, every other organization in terms of the volume of shows that they produced and and the years that they were in operation without a change of ownership. Stampede Wrestling ran for 40 years and ran over 7,300 live events uh, across Western Canada, um, at least 7,300. That's how many we've been able to track down and, and document. Uh, but if you only talk about the hearts, if you only talk about Stampede Wrestling, then you're missing – 75% of the story. And there were so many men and women uh, who were involved with the sport, you know, guys like George Gordianko, guys like Moose Morawski, guys like Don Leo Jonathan, 
you know, who gave their lives to the sport of professional wrestling and, and really haven't been given their due on the same level. So it was really important for me to, to celebrate all of professional wrestling. And so wrestling in the Canadian West was really a history book for wrestling in the West four provinces in Canada uh, that, that talks about not just the headliners that, you know, but uh, you know, some of the, some of the guys that started in Canada, maybe people didn't even realize were Canadian uh, because their career took off so quickly in the United States. You know, Roddy Piper is one of those guys. Uh, Bill Dromo in the Southern States is one of those guys. Uh, Alexis Smirnoff, uh, you know, so many guys that, that came out of Canada, um, you know, and had success internationally um, that, that nobody was aware of. And so it was really, you know, my pleasure to, to, to try to create a historical record on, on a segment of, of sport history that no one had ever covered before in that way. Yeah, um, I'm I'm definitely gonna look in, into that because that definitely sounds uh, interesting. Because like I said, you know, when you talk about Canadian wrestling, you know, I know of people like Lance Storm, uh, Chris Jericho, you know, of course the the Hearts, but you know, I don't know any of of, of the people that that you were talking about. So you know, I definitely want to get that just so I can learn more about the history of Canadian wrestling. I mean. That sounds like 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 a a completely awesome book. You know, it was really it was really fun to research it. I think one of the challenges with with wrestling books often is, uh, particularly, you know, previously not so much now, but back in the day, uh, if you were a journalist and you walked in a room with a pen and paper, wrestlers were automatically uh, suspicious of you uh, and suspicious of the media because uh, they weren't sure what was being recorded. Nobody wanted to break kayfabe. Uh, and so being someone inside the wrestling business, I was able to get stories that nobody else was able to get at that time. Um, but, you know, when I was doing the research for the book, you know, I would go and, and piggyback my wrestling bookings to book times in libraries. So if I knew I was work, working in a particular city, I would go through my notes and see what I needed to learn from that town. And I would go in a few hours early and spend a couple hours in the microfilm room and going through old newspapers and, and finding, uh, you know, show results. Um, and, and then uh, get to the matches that night and get home and, you know, type it into my computer. And uh, so I had like just pages and pages of these hand scribbled results from, from old newspapers. Now it's much easier with digital newspapers and resources like newspapers.com and newspaper archive. Um, but I think if I had known how big the job was in terms of, you know, collecting the results, uh, now I think the full uh, collection is about 4,800 pages. Uh, and there's about 10 events per page. So we're getting close to about 50,000 shows uh, from 1876 to the present in the database. And uh, uh, I think the one good thing for, that's come out of COVID is actually because I've, I've had nothing to do or to take my time away, I've actually started working on the history of wrestling in Eastern Canada. Uh, so oh, very, wow. very early days, but uh I think the, the update to wrestling in the Canadian West from 2009 uh, will be a national wrestling history book for professional wrestling in Canada. That's awesome. That is completely awesome. I have just one final question. I'll throw it to Manet and see if he has any final questions. Um, in 2010, you were awarded the uh, James C. Melby Award by the Colorflower Alley Club. Uh how did it feel to uh, 
be awarded that award by the uh, prestigious Cauliflower Alley Club? You know what I think. You know when I when I found out that I was going to be the award honoree, that was like really really cool. Uh, you know, and I think I was like on cloud nine for for about a week after I had got the word that I was going to be the honoree. I think I was the second ever, the third ever winner of that award uh, from the Cauliflower Alley Club, uh, and it's named after James Melby, who was a historian uh, in the '60s and was like tracking down results like way before the internet. Like there was like pen pals that would like mail each other newspaper clippings. Like this is how things were were done back in the day. And he was, you know, able to, to do that, use that and assemble like career records for individual wrestlers and, and publish newsletters with results and stuff like that. So very, very, very cool to get the Melby award. But I can tell you like on the night of the actual uh, ceremony, it was one of the most nerve wracking things ever because, and it just felt so surreal because here I am just a, you know, a kid from, from uh, Canada. Uh, now I'm at, at the podium in the front of a banquet room of 650 wrestling legends. And uh, I had written a speech, uh, you know, and then as, as, I, as the date got closer, I got nervous and I would rewrite it and rewrite it. And then when I got up there, as soon as I got to the podium, I looked down and the very front table was Ted DiBiase, Mick Bockwinkle, and Terry Funk. And I just thought, this is uh, no so pressure. bizarre. No pressure. <laughs> this, is, this is so bizarre. Like this, this feels so wrong. Like I'm up here getting celebrated and, and there you are there. And I looked down at my notes and it was just all squiggly lines. I couldn't read a single thing. Uh, and so I, I kind of got through a speech. I think, I don't remember much about the speech. It was pretty intense. Uh, and then it went and they usher you off to get your photo taken. And then when I was on my way back to my table uh, with my, uh, with my award, as I passed his table, Terry Funk stood up and I thought, Oh, I stopped because I thought he was going somewhere. No, he stood up uh, to shake my hand. And, uh, and as I sort of leaned into the handshake, uh, he gave me a half hug and he said, I'm proud of you, son. And I was just like, this is such an unbelievable moment right now. Uh, you know, to, to have this, uh, this moment with Terry Funk, you know, completely unscripted and, um, you know, that was 10 years ago. I, I don't think I'll ever forget that. Wow. That is is, is awesome. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. All right, so, Renee, uh, if you have any final uh, questions, here you go. Otherwise, oh, you can do. get into this. Uh, uh, I'm legitimately, like, I'm, 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 I'm hotter than a Texas summer right now because I have – so many other questions. I'm going to try to kind of squeeze them in real quick. So, so Vance, quick question. Being a member of the CAC, do you believe what many of us, and I'm going to put myself in this pool, many of us wrestling fans believe are the true halls of fame of professional wrestling? Everyone talks about the prestige and the notoriety of the WWE Hall of Fame, and I don't want to discredit them because I, I believe it has its place. But you've got the Hall of Fame in Iowa, you've got the Hall of Fame in Texas, and then you've got the Cauliflower Alley Club that doesn't actually have a physical Hall of Fame, but it is a very tangible Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Do you believe that these Halls of Fame, the one in Iowa, the one in Texas, the Cauliflower Alley Club, do you believe that these Halls of Fame hold a special place in professional wrestling the same way that myself and Nightmare Jones do? Absolutely do. I think, you know, for me, the Cauliflower Alley Club 
one of the things that made that honor so special is that you knew that it was coming from a jury of your peers. Uh, you know, not to take anything away from the WWE Hall, there are many deserving men and women in it. Uh, but, I mean, as we look at it as fans, uh, there are some obvious, obvious omissions. Uh, and we see that definitely there are some people that have been inducted, and it seems like it's been out of step with people that should have been inducted long before them. Uh, and so there is, you know, a political element to that WWE Hall. And I'm not saying that there isn't politics in every Hall of Fame, but I think any time that you have an opportunity to be uh, judged on your body of work by your peers and have your peers put you forward and say, listen, we know what good work is and we believe you belong here, that is such uh, an incredible honor and so incredibly humbling. Um, and it has more value um, than anything. Wow, dude, that, that's fantastic. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about before we get into the uh, trivia challenge is the passing of the late, great Tracy Smothers, the wild-eyed Southern boy, two-time guest here of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Believe it or not, and this isn't going to surprise you, uh, Vance, but the last time that Tracy joined us about three months ago, he was actually on the phone and spent close to 40 minutes with us from the emergency room of a hospital somewhere in the lower northeast of the United States. Can you tell us maybe one story, one thought, one memory of the late great legend, wild-eyed southern boy, Tracy Smothers? You know, un- unfortunately, I never had the chance to cross paths with him directly, but very early in my career, some of my uh, earliest heel work in Canada in the early 90s uh, stole a lot of uh, moves and mannerisms uh, from Tracy Smothers, uh, you know, when he was uh, one of the young pistols in WCW, uh, and specifically uh, the baseball slides through your opponent's legs out to the apron. And as you're celebrating your success, you're doing this maneuver that kind of looks like you're trying to dry your air, dry your hands and, and thrust your pelvis at the front row. Uh, still one of my favorite crowd taunts ever. Well, I'll tell you what, I know we're going to miss Tracy. And for those of you who haven't had a chance to go back and listen, make sure you visit us over at blogtalkradio.com forward slash WrestleTalk podcast. You can go back and listen to those 100% free anytime, just like this episode, over at blogtalkradio.com forward slash WrestleTalk podcast. Well, all that said, JP, I need you to cue up that music because tonight we've got a legend of the podcast game, Nightmare Jones, and a legend of the professional wrestling world, Vance Nevada, going one-on-one in tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. In a few minutes, I'm going to explain to you guys the rules, but for now, JP, go ahead and hit music. Welcome to tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast 
Game Show Challenge. In tonight's edition of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge, we are going to see contestant Vance Nevada face off against WrestleTalk Podcast's very own Nightmare Jones. Tonight's contest is scheduled to be a best two out of three falls. In a few moments, I will ask you gentlemen three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, shout out your answer. The first person to win two out of three falls wins tonight's challenge. Do you gentlemen understand the rules? Yes. Nightmare. Nightmare. Yes, okay, I, I understand. Somehow I was muted. I understand. The, if you put the dang cookies some... down for two seconds, we can get through the challenge. Okay. Put the cookies down. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. See, this is what happens when I have to co-host with a Joey Janela thing. Anyway, in Thanks. honor of tonight's presidential election, tonight's Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is professional wrestling politicians. I will give you guys information about three famous professional wrestlers that went on to run or hold offices in the political realm. When you think you know who I am talking about, please do not hesitate to shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls out of three will be tonight's winner. Are you gentlemen ready? Yes. All right, so question number one. Let me get this lined up and ready for you guys. Question number one. This professional wrestler from WWE made national headlines when he was elected the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee in August 2018. Jerry King. King Lawyer. Kane is correct. Kane is correct. Mr. Nevada, okay. Nevada, to be more precise, has officially scored one fall in tonight's matchup. Nightmare Jones. You gotta be quicker on the trigger, brother. Mm-hmm. Question number two. JP, you get that music ready, because I think we're gonna have a winner after this question. This professional wrestler was elected to the Hillsborough County Commissioner in Florida from 2004 to 2008. Brian Blair. In addition, Brian Blair is correct. Brian Blair is correct. That's B. Brian Blair of the Killer Bees, the famous legendary tag team, the Killer Bees. We officially have a winner in tonight's game show challenge. But you know what, Nightmare Jones? Because this is a democracy, we're going to give you an opportunity to not be swept tonight. So let's move on to question number three and see if you can avoid the sweep. This professional wrestler competed in ECW, Impact Wrestling, and also WWE. What many professional wrestling fans do not know is that he also ran unsuccessfully Rhino. For the House of Representatives, I'm sorry? Rhino. That 
is actually correct. He ran for the House of Representatives what? in his home state of Michigan in 2016. You know what? To you give him the answer. When they was giving him the answer. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. And they say yeah. And they say there. Giving him the answers, Renee. You have no. I heard you giving him the answers. I heard the the big behind We had an opportunity to interview 
two, not, not just one, but two amazing guests. We learned more about Heart of the Hustle Clothing and Big T the Paisan. We learned a lot more about Advanced Nevada, who is a guy that just continues to give to the professional wrestling world. And I think he'll continue to do that through, uh, through the rest of his career. And we're all very lucky and blessed to have experienced it. Joe, it is so great to be back. And you know what the most amazing part, and I'll let you speak on this, bro. We've got a couple of new co-hosts. And honestly, bro, just off of one show, I think we've hit a home run. But I want you to elaborate a little bit more on that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, we have definitely been able to hit a home run with uh, bringing on Drake and uh, Jeremy. It has been absolutely amazing. They are, man, I, I, I can't wait to, to listen to their show next week and just about listen to them blow it out of the, the, the big water like I know that they're going to do. It's going to be amazing. I think they're going to do a great job. So all I've got to say is JP, uh, Jeremy Carp, Drake Lee, Luke Roberts, Nightmare Jones, we have a very, very bright future for the WrestleTalk podcast with Joe and Renee. With all that said, a huge thanks to all of our sponsors again, Kincaid, Royal Mills Transportation, uh, Esports Bar KC, The Conspiracy Farm, and, of course, I-70 Sports Media for being here and supporting the Wrestle Talk podcast on all levels. Uh, the Conspiracy Farm with Pat uh, Milicic and Jeffrey Wilson. Also, it's me speaking to you with Jay Hollywood, a.k.a. Jeffrey Wilson. We love you guys so, so much. Be sure to continue to visit us over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. A super happy late birthday to my wife and uh, one of the original members of the WrestleTalk family, Sunny Money Mayo, who also celebrated a birthday over this past weekend. We love you guys. We thank you guys. Joe, closing thoughts. And JP, we love you. You're the best engineer ever, bro. Don't ever go anywhere. We trust that you'll play some banger-ass, fire-ass music when Joe is done. Joe, close us out, bro, please. Oh, man, it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, You know, thank you, everybody, for your... uh, Time and for supporting us and for listening to us and being with us with us on this journey, we would not be able to do it without you. It's been absolutely amazing. Thank you. Love you guys. Grace and peace to everybody. We'll catch you next week. Adios.
can't buy me. You drive me crazy, keep it cruising. If I play games with you, I lose it.